thank you. We glorify you. We magnify your name on tonight. God, I thank you that your people hearts are open and receptive to receive your engrafted word with meekness because it's able to save our soul. Thank you that we have a teachable spirit, God. Thank you for our helper and our teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Spirit, bring all things to our remembrance that Jesus has spoken unto us and make things known that need to be made known. We thank you for illumination coming through this word on tonight. Let there be light as this word go forth. And I bind every hindering spirit, every mind-boggling spirit, every tormenting spirit that would keep us from receiving this right now rhema word on tonight. And Father, I thank you that it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to go with the next teaching, but before I do, I'm going to do something a little different, and I'm going to ask some people to come up and just follow some instructions, and we're just going to go over what we already been over. Um, let me see who I want to use. Athea, I need you. Got to do a little switching, huh? Okay, and I believe I'm going to use Sister Deborah. Now, this is going to be on what I'm asking you to do, and I want you to carry it out based on what I'm asking you to do, okay? And then I'm going to have Daquan. And they're only going to do what I'm asking them to do. Okay, Lord, I need to come before you. 
But Father God, let me, wait a minute, hold up, Lord. Let me get my um, my head so I can come before you and just ask you, Father God, to help me out, Lord. I need you to lead me and guide me. Help me, Father. Thank you, Father God, for what you're about to do. Father God, I thank you. God, Lord Jesus, can you help me, Lord? I done lost my little rag on my head. Lord, help me, Jesus. Father, mm. <laughs> Father, thank you, Lord. Glory, God. I got to come before, I got to go before the Lord so I can get some, some healing. I got to go so I can get some, so I can get him to bless me with some money. Father God, I just thank you for blessing me with some money. Father God, I just thank you for my healing. Father God, I just thank you, Lord. Lord, Lord, Lord Jesus. Lord, help me, Jesus. I'm, I'm trying to do it, Lord. I'm, I'm trying to do it. But Father, Lord, help me. Just help me, Lord. Can you please help me, Lord? Thank you, Jesus. I give you glory, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Lord, I need you, Lord. Lord, you told me, Lord, if I dwell in a secret place, Lord, of the Most High Jesus. You say, He that dwells in a secret place. You said, Lord, He that dwells in a secret place, Lord, of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty, Lord. Lord, I gave up my life, Lord, so you could use me, Lord. But, Lord, I don't see anything coming, Lord. But, Lord, all I know if I keep praying at 8 o'clock at night, Lord, if I could just keep praying at 8 o'clock at night, Lord, at this time, Lord, I believe, Lord, that everything is going to happen each and every day, Jesus. Father, I need you, Lord. Father, I need for you to enter the storm that I'm in, Lord. Father, I can't do it without you, Jesus. Father, you said, Lord, through the darkness, Lord, it is light, Lord. Father, through the cloudy days, Lord, you have a son, Lord. Father, I need you, Jesus. Father, 8 o'clock is here, Lord, but I need for you to show up early, Lord. Father, I can't do it, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Help me, Holy Spirit. You said the Holy Spirit is my teacher. You said the Holy Spirit is my helper. You said the Holy, Holy Spirit is the one who guides me, Lord. Father, I need you right now. Father, to come in and innovate my presence, Lord. Innovate my surface, Lord. Come in and innovate, Lord. Everything that you said you would, Lord. The enemy wants me dead, Lord. But Father, I need for you to rise in me, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I need for you to rise in this body, Lord. And make me move, Lord, as you said, Lord. I need for you to let my tongue, Lord. Flow like the rivers flow, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Jesus, help me, Jesus. Help me flow in my tongue like the, like the rivers flow, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Eight o'clock is here Jesus help me right now Jesus Holy Spirit help me help me I need your help Lord Father you're not a guy that you, you're not man that you should lie Lord you're not man that you lie Lord I need your help Lord help me Jesus help me Lord I need you I need you I need you I'm tired of walking this way Lord I'm tired of walking this dark way Lord I can't find a way out Lord I can't find a way Jesus help me help me Jesus help me Good morning. Good morning. Praise How are you? God. Doing good. God is good. Awesome. Y'all ready for a good day at work today? Yes. yes. Good, good, good. So what y'all been up to? Life's, life's hard. Why is it hard? I feel like everything's not going right. Why? I mean, I pray, I try, fast and meditate on the word. Just, it just seems like it doesn't work. I am keep trying, I'm trying. But every time I've, I'm trying, I keep getting hit by brick walls. Me too. And I pray every day, eight o'clock every every eight o'clock in the morning. I pray every night, two times two times a day, seven days a week. And it's just not working. And I'm trying to live holy with my um my, my thing on my head like they told me to do at church. I even try speaking in tongue. It's mysterious mysterious tongue that the angels may know that that man does not know. I even speak in tongue that he edified me with the Holy Ghost, but it's not working either. Are you in your word? Yes. Sometimes. Because that's works. That's under the law. You know, the law was used to bring us to Christ. Okay? When Moses gave them the law, that was to let them know that they were wrong. Because before the law came, they didn't know that they were doing wrong. They didn't know it was wrong to steal. But when the law came, then they knew that was to bring us to Christ. But Jesus is the fulfillment but of the law. But didn't the Bible say make a joyful world, make a joyful noise unto the, Lord, to the Lord? Yes, but when you're, you're saying that you're doing a ritual at 8 o'clock, 
that's not making a joyful noise unto the Lord. You're doing it. That's a ritual. You don't have to do that. Jesus came and fulfilled the law. Okay, don't Jesus I took. Have to go to him for my healing. You're already the healed of the Lord. By Jesus' stripes, honey, you're already healed. And you don't have to use this thing on your head, honey. I don't. No, that's law and tradition. The tradition of man make the word of God of none effect. You don't have to wear the long dresses unless that's what you want to do, if that's your attire. But to do that, to get something from God, you don't have to do that. The Holy Ghost is going to teach you how to dress as a woman of God. But that's the law. You don't have to do all that. You don't have to go to God at a certain time every night. Whenever the Holy Spirit gives you that unction, you know, you pray. Yes, you do. The Bible says pray without ceasing. But you don't have to get down there and, and try to speak in tongues and conjure something up for God to do something for you. He did it over 2,000 years ago. It's already done. All you have to do is accept what Christ done. Okay? You right. believe it. You know, you, what church do you go to? You don't, don't, don't name it. <laughs> but you need to come to Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries. Apostle Amanda Walker Brown is teaching about the law. She's going to help me find peace. You already have peace, honey. Jesus gave you peace. You have everything that you need. The Bible says that you are complete in him, according to Colossians 2.10. So I don't have to work. You don't have to. No, it's all. Jesus done it. Jesus did the work. All you, you know what your work is to believe in what he done. That's your work. All that other pleading and begging. You know what? You're not getting anything. Can you imagine Jesus saying, what are you doing? I shed my blood and you're down there doing all of this. This is what the Pharisees did. You don't have to do all of that. All you have to do is believe and receive. That's all. It's, it's, it's too simple to believe it, ain't it? Yes. But that's all you have to do. I believe believe and receive. I receive that. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Amen. And this is what we have been learning, but I tell you what. Look like little old Daquan was finna take it elsewhere. <laughs> I was finna say, sit down, Daquan. Now, you're supposed to be working, and you add, tried to get on up in there, you know? <laughs> but this is what the law does. The law will have you working for something that you already have. And the reason why God wanted to bring that skit, because I believe there's still some in the room that still feel like they have to work up something to get God to do something. You know, I got to be in a certain place at a certain time, just like they come, oops, it's 8 o'clock, let me go get before God. And we don't do that because we're supposed to have freedom in him. When you're no longer in bondage and you're free, because the Bible says whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So we don't have to make ourselves do this, that, or the other to get nothing from God. And like Miss Deborah, when she put on that uh, white cloth, or that white piece of tissue, some people feel like if I don't put this on, people are not going to know that I'm saved. They're not going to know that I'm holy. Your holiness don't come from you. It comes from Jesus Christ. You were made holy through what Jesus done. But once you know who you are in Christ, you will live a holy life that won't have to represent these cloths or your clothes. It's not about your clothes. Now, you don't come in the house of God any kind of way because the Holy Spirit will show you how to present yourself when you're out in public. But you don't have to try to do something to let people know who you are now that you're in Christ. So anything that you're trying to do to prove yourself, you're putting yourself up under the law. And the Bible lets us know that when you know to do what's right and you choose not to do what's right, it is still sin. So where am I going with this? With the law, when we look at the ones that was trying to keep the law, they told God in Exodus 19 that they were going to keep all the words, all the commands that God put before them. God knew they couldn't do that, but they chose to do that. God gave them a choice, just like he gave all of us in this room a choice. He's not going to tell you, um, to do this or to do that. He's not going to make you do anything. He's going to give you a choice and you have to make the right choice based on the word of God. So they agreed, we're going to keep it all. God knew they couldn't keep it. So that is why that they had to get these commands and these rules and regulations to let them know that they were unable to keep it. It was, you know, it was going to bring them to Christ. They were in need of a savior because they couldn't do it by themselves. That's how they recognize sin. Why are we going over all this dealing with discipleship? It is because if we're going to be true disciples of Jesus Christ, 
we have to know all of this in order to minister to someone else that's saved. Now, you got some saved folks that think that they know that they know and they still don't know. They're still up under the law. Like um, Daquan was saying in his little skit, he said, you know, he's after this, who he after that, so he's doing this and seem like it's not working. That's because that's self-righteousness. You're trying to make it work instead of depending on what God has already done. So people, the people of God is still in these situations. I'm going to pray, and as I pray, God's going to do it for me. Let me tell you, if you never pray, God's already done done everything he's going to do. But you pray to commune with God, to communicate with God. And when we come to God and we communicate with him, communing with him, we're having a normal conversation. You talk to God just like you would talk to me. God, how was your day? God, you know, you're just having normal conversation. You ain't really coming to him for anything because you're saying, I already know what I have in you. So, Father, I just thank you for what I have on today. I thank you that I'm healed. I thank you that I'm delivered. I thank you that I'm set free. I thank you that no weapon formed against me on the day shall prosper. How do I know? Because you said no evil shall come nigh my dwelling, right? So we got to understand whatever the word said, God already meant it. So we just receive what God has said, and then we live that peaceful life. Daquan was saying about the peace. Is that you or was it Miss Deborah? About peace. Peace is already in you. But how do you bring that peace out of you? By understanding that God has given you that peace. It's part of the fruit of the Spirit. So when things come up in your life, instead of you trying to work it out, that peace come when you know that Jesus already worked it out. And you say, oh, my God, why am I worrying about this? Ain't nothing I can do about it. I'm just going to thank God that it's already done. I'm not going to get anxious. So anytime you're trying to work something out for yourself, you're putting yourself back in bondage. You're putting yourself back up under the law. So what I want to talk about tonight is something that we have talked about so much, but God is bringing this back in this teaching because you as being disciples as going out amongst people, you need to be able to minister all of the things that you have learned in Clem School. Now, some of you may say, I already know these things. Knowing and doing is two different things because if we are so full of him, so full of his righteousness, I'm going to give you a, a, a nugget. If I'm so full of his righteousness, my life should reflect what I'm full of. So if I'm um, out and about and I'm so full of righteous, I'm so in right standing with God, then my lifestyle is going to reflect that. And people are going to be watching my lifestyle, watching my character, and they're going to begin to say, how do you do what you do? That gives me the opportunity to minister to somebody. Now, if I'm out and about and I'm acting stuck up, I'm acting like I'm better than anybody else, who want that testimony? Nobody don't want that. He want us to be free. So whatever you full of is what's going to come out of you. And that's where people know where you've been and who you've been with. You know how we say, um, what's the saying of who you with? <laughs> so people are going to know who you with by your actions, by the things that you do and the things that you say. So the more you get full of him, you can't do nothing but talk about him. You know, the, the most things that people are full of today is things so much of the world. We hear so much talk on, did you see what happened here? Or did you see what happened there? And you got somebody saying, look at this. But is anybody out there telling people what Jesus actually done for us? Are we showing them? I want you to see this right here because this tells the story. Are we showing them Jesus or are we showing them more of the world? Because if you show them more of the world, that means that you got to meet the guidelines and the standards of the world in order to get what the world has. But when we accept Jesus, we have all that he has. And that's what we're supposed to be focused on. So tonight, I'm going to bring another subject that's going to help you be a good disciple. Grace. Thank God for grace. The grace of God. Isn't it good to get a refreshing course on grace? We know, everybody know, grace, unmerited, undeserved, unearned favor that we did not work for. Grace is unmerited, undeserved, unearned favor that we didn't work for. Isn't that something? Y'all, we actually have gotten something that we didn't have to work for. 
that we um, that God gave us favor in spite of us. Now, one thing I want to talk about dealing with grace is what grace is based upon. Grace is based upon love. This is what grace is based upon. Let me give you a scripture reference to that. Romans 5, 8. Listen at this in the Amplified. But God shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ the Messiah, the anointed one, died for us. Let's catch it again. But God shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ the Messiah, the anointed one, died for us. What does that mean? That means that when we were still sinners, you know, a sinner is one that missed the mark, right? A sinner is one that is, is uh, with uh, Satan and not with God that's, that's in the world. So we were still sinners, and it says that God proved, he showed, he demonstrated his love while we were still in our sins, and he gave Jesus for us. Who does that? Tell me who in their right mind would give their life for a murderer and you know they committed murder. Anybody. Would anybody in this room, if there was someone that was going to get the death penalty and you knew that they killed the person, they knew that they killed the person, would you stand up and say, they are not guilty. Price has been paid. I'm the one that's going to take all of it. Who in this room would do that for a murderer? Let's be honest. Who? Nobody's saying nothing. Who? You know what we would say? Guilty as charged. But the Bible said he loved us so much that he laid down his life for us even while we were yet still in our sin. That's love. That's what love does. Love don't look at what you've done, when you've done it, or how you've done it. Where am I getting? Because I'm going to mix some of this law in here with this grace that people are doing. Let's say, I'm going to use little Daniel right there. Daniel's life has changed. How do I know that Daniel's life has changed? Because he accepted Jesus Christ. He invited him to come live on the inside of him. And the only way that Daniel could become a new creation in Christ was not through what Daniel did or what Daniel would ever do. It was through Jesus paying the price for Daniel, even when Daniel was still doing what he was doing. God was still loving Daniel in spite of Daniel. So the day that Daniel heard the good news about what Jesus done and how he laid down his life for his past, present, and future sins, and he died, he was buried, but he rose again so he could be justified, so he can have peace with God, so he can reconcile with God. And they're saying, Daniel, outside of what you done to anybody or how you done it, Christ paid the price for you. And the only thing you got to do is receive what he has done. You don't even have to look at what you've done or when you've done it. And matter of fact, you only have to look ahead. He even took what you were going to do even in the future. Who does that? These days and times, what do we tell people? They say, I'm sorry. You know the first thing we say? Sorry for what? You say you're sorry. Tell me what you're sorry for. You just don't tell me you're sorry if you don't know you're sorry. Tell me why you're sorry. So they say, well, I'm sorry because I hit you. Okay, you sorry because you hit me? Now, if you're truly really sorry, then why did you hit me? Who does that? Did Jesus do that to you, Melanie? Did he say when you said, you know, I recognize that I wasn't even worthy enough, but because of Jesus, I'm worthy because of him and not because of me. And that person still look at you and say, you still mess up. You still talk about people. You still do this and that. Guess what? If she really know that she's in Christ, she would say, wait a minute. My life ain't based on who I used to be. My life is based on who I am in him. And as long as I know who I am in him, he ain't looking at my past. So I know that ain't coming from Jesus. It's coming through the enemy trying to make me feel guilty and wrong. But I'm going to hold on to who I am tonight. 
And the reason why I'm going to hold on to who I am, because if I know who I am, I'm going to let you know who he is in me so you can be a part of the family. See, this is how we're supposed to respond to folk that don't really know who they are. They're still trying to make it work, Daquan. They're still trying to pray their way to heaven. They're still trying to tithe their way to heaven. They're still trying to do something to get to heaven. But guess what? Grace shows up on the scene. Who is grace? Your grace, Daniel. Grace is going to show up because Jesus is in Daniel. And being that Jesus is in Daniel, the grace of God is coming through Daniel to let them know you don't have to pay your way to get to heaven. You don't have to do nothing to get to heaven because grace already made the way for you to get where you're going. So he's bringing them God's love. And they're looking at Daniel and say, Daniel, how can you even talk to me? And you know what I've done to you. And you say, because of grace. Because I learned about grace. And when I learned about grace, it ain't no more about Daniel. It ain't no more even about you and what you've done. You telling me I martyred your name. I got you in trouble, got you locked up. You had to pull some time and you telling me it was grace. Say, yeah, let me tell you about grace. I was with grace last night and it was good. (laughs) See, when you start telling them about his grace, see, there's not enough really talked about when it comes to grace. Do you know what we do? We condemn a person. We make them feel so horrible. You know you shouldn't have done that. You're getting what you deserve. No, this is how we should approach it. Yes, what you done was wrong. And you got to understand what you done was wrong. But let me tell you what Jesus done outside of what you done wrong. You still got an opportunity for grace to work in your life. And that's when you begin to minister the love of God. You begin to tell him about Romans 5, 8. Say, I learned that even while I was yet in my sin, Christ died for me. He proved his love for me. Come on, y'all. I'm telling you, who in this room? would die for somebody, and you know they're the worst person in the world. Guess what? He even died for Hitler. The problem was Hitler didn't even want to accept what Jesus done. So Hitler died in this mess. And that's what we're supposed to do as disciples. We don't supposed to let people die in their mess. We're supposed to bring them out of it through introducing them to, um, to grace. And that grace comes through God. So the first thing is we deal with um, what grace is based upon. It's based upon love. Y'all know John 3, 16. Everybody know that one? Don't we quote that one? For God so loved the world. Did anybody know what that means? That he gave. See, it says so loved. Don't that word so, it just makes a statement. For God so loved the world. Guess what the Amplified said? For God so dearly, greatly loved the world. Great, come on y'all. A great love, God, that's an abundance. That's a lot of it. God gave that for the world. The Bible says that for God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten son so that what, whosoever believe in him trust clings to rely on him shall not perish isn't that something this is what love did i'm gonna ask you another question we know several people in here have children or they say chilling we have them don't we let's just be honest who's gonna give the life of their child for a murderer who's gonna say take my daughter take my son let the murderer go. Y'all know how it was with, um, was it Barabbas? And how he was a murderer. He was getting ready to die to death. But they were so upset with grace, which is Jesus. See, Jesus was bringing them some grace. And they wanted to get rid of grace. And they was willing to let a murderer go. But guess what? It was part of God's plan. See, that was part of Jesus dying right then. Jesus said, go on, let Barabbas go. This is part of God's plan. See, I come to save those that are lost. He is lost. Though he's a murderer, he said, I'm going to stand in the place of that murderer. It's okay, because I'm going to lay down my life for my friends. Come on, who does that? 
So this is what love does. I'm going somewhere with love. How many know how much truly God loves you? Daquan, Brother Willie, anybody else? I believe some people are scared to raise their hands because they don't know where I'm going. I'm going somewhere. We say we know how much God loves us, right? Can I get a witness? I'm just seeing this right here. And I'm getting. Why? Why are we moving slow on that? Tell me the truth. Why are we moving slow? Daquan? No, no. Right? Look, he's doing like that. You say you know God loves you, right? Right? Yep. For real. True? True. But when you get down to your last, and ain't enough for you and nobody else, and God said, I want you to give it, do you give it? I don't need a most. Because see, love is going to say, who else say, Brother Willie? You say, Jesus love you. God love you, and you know it. Right? Can you say that you know it so much that you can obey everything he tell you? Thank you. See, love, the kind of love he give us, when we know his love, we don't question him. We just do what his word says. We don't look at how it look or how it appear to be. We do what he says. How many really know God love you? Let's put a question mark and let the light bulb come on. Because some of us has been, have been in situations, even this week, last week, or the week before, that we're still doing like Daquan was doing. Where you at? God, I don't hear you. God, why ain't you healed me yet? I'm unemployed, man. Don't you know I need money? I got bills, Jonas. God, where you at? Send a lightning bolt. But evangelists, we say God loves us. So if God love us, just like a parent, love, God love us way better than a parent could ever love us. Because a parent going to put stipulations on you. See, God's love, there ain't no stipulation. He just love you. Ain't that something? He just love you. So what am I saying tonight? When we truly know God's love and things happen, we just say, yes, Lord. You love me. And the Bible says that if he freely gave us his son, how much freely would he give us all things? So if we truly know his love, then why are we always whining and complaining? And if we truly know his love, then why can't we love one another? Because we don't. Because soon as somebody come at you, you don't like them no more. I don't think don't like is in God's vocabulary. Do you, Julia? Have you seen anywhere in the Bible that it says, I like you, but I don't love you. Did anybody know what love is? Because the Bible tells us that God's kind of love, every born again person has it. Because the Bible says that he shed it abroad, his love, in our hearts through the Holy Ghost. So that means that if I still got problems with Monica and it's been several years, I don't know the love of God yet. I have not realized what God has done for me because I don't even want to look at her no more. Because your neighbor said, what's up? Say, do you really know God's love? Say, have you really experienced God's love? Say, come on now. Have you really, truly experienced God's love? Guess what I learned about God's love, y'all? It won't give up on you. No matter how you cut the food, no matter who you curse out, no matter what, you, you can't do nothing. Let me tell you what the word of God says about God's kind of love. It's so interesting. God will give it to you, won't he? Thank the Lord for the word. Hallelujah, I'm coming. I'm coming. Hallelujah. It's in here. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving it to me on tonight. It's in the word of God that nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Where's that scripture? Y'all help me find it. It's in Romans 8. It's in 8. Okay, it's right at the end. Oh, here it is. For I am persuaded. Hold it. I'm in Romans 8, 38. Listen at this. For I am persuaded. I'm going to do like they do when they get ready to leave out of church. (laughs) What did that mean? But what did this mean? (laughs) Excuse me. Excuse me. I am convinced. I am persuaded. Who in here is convinced? Oh, Brother Willie, there go you again. <laughs> and they, and Ray, Raheem again. He, they, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you hear him? Let me read it again. Let me read it to you. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Guess how the love come? In Christ. There's no other way. It had to come through Christ. He had to be the one to lay down his life, right? So if the love of God is shared abroad in our heart, why aren't we laying down our lives, not meaning to die for one another? Do y'all know what it means to lay it down? That means, Brother Willie, when somebody do you so dreadfully wrong, and you know they done you wrong, you don't even go to your wife and say, Noodle, they know they were wrong. I'm going to get them for what they done. You don't even speak on it. Because see, God's kind of love said, I'm aware of what they done, but if God forgave them, I already forgive them too. Do you know his love, Brother Willie? See, there you go. None of us do. None of us know it to the full extent because all of us can say we know God's love. Come on, y'all, until we get in a situation. Until a situation comes to our house, then you're going to know how much love you know from God and know his love when you're in that situation, when you can have peace, Daquan, in the midst of the storm with no money going through but God. Because he said nothing can separate us. Have you been separated? Have anything took you out of the will of God? Yeah. Daily. This is why we have to stay before him because things are going to come to make us look at people differently, to make us think about people differently. Come on, some of y'all done had thoughts about people today that wasn't right. What? You thought of that person, you're like, oh, 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 that one. Huh? You see the call ID? Oh, Jesus. I'm just going to act like I ain't home. And on the other end, they're saying, I know they're up in there. They just ain't answering because it's me. Well, maybe they ain't answering for a reason. (laughs) What kind of love is that? Come on, come on, come on, come on. We're just going to be honest. See, we still talk about grace and how grace is based on love and how the grace of God was given unto us, Melanie. We didn't deserve his grace, but because of his love, he laid it down and said, I'm going to give you everything that belonged to me even before you accept me. But you got to hear about what grace has done in order to receive it through faith. We're missing it. This is what the Holy Spirit is telling me while I'm doing all this moving, y'all. I'm stirred up. Hallelujah. I'm stirred up because when I begin to talk about this stuff right here, it stirs me up on the inside and begin to bubble forth and come out my mouth because I always say, let it be like a hammer. Let it be like a fire. Let it be like a two-edged sword and it just goes right in. And why do I do these things? It's because when you spend time with the word, And you know what the word is saying. Somebody else supposed to benefit from what you know. How can we sit around? Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm going to do a pause here. Let me see. Julia, come here. 
Come here. We're still talking about grace, right? Do you say, I'm saved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let me see who else up in here. Hmm. Come on, Daquan. Let me use you again. Listen at this, y'all. All of us say, right? We know Jesus. We come together. We save folks. We come together to fellowship. We come over Miss Julia house and we get up in Miss Julia. This is just an example. We get up in Miss Julia house and Julia saying, girl, did you see what I saw? You know what I'm talking about. I know you saw it. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You have Facebook. Gerald, but let me see yours. <laughs> girl, girl, let me tell you about Daquan. Let, let me talk to you. She act like she don't know. She act like she's so holy than now. She don't know. Did you see what was on Facebook, man? Which one? What you see? They were turning it up. Yeah, I saw it too, yeah. What's up with that girl showing all of her stuff? You know how they, you know, that's how they do. That's how they what? Do. That's how they do. That's how they do. What's up with that? That's them. I don't know. I, what? Boy? You... Your girlfriend wasn't there when you was watching it, was she? She better not be. What? Well, what you want to see the picture? Pull up, pull up. What it look like? Oh, Lord. Look, what? Girl, tell it. Go tell somebody. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. We say, we say, we're in the same church. We getting the same teaching on faith, love, grace, mercy, truth. We getting all that stuff. But the first thing we do when we come together, you see Facebook. You see how they turn? Did you see it? Now, if we're doing that amongst us, I got another one for you. The church sending us out to minister. We just left Julia House. The pastor done called. They telling us we need to go minister. Oh. Daniel, what's up, man? I am doing good. Let me tell you something. We learning so much at girl, and we learning so much at Miracle. T tell him what we learned. Tell him, tell him, tell him. I, I just can't tell him. I'm so full. You tell him. Jesus died for our past. <laughs> <laughs> Why you call me up here today? <laughs> man, he died. I don't know why he died. Did you figure out why he died yet? Yeah, I figured why he died. Why didn't you tell me? He died because he loved you. He loved me. He loved you. Wait, 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 wait. Hush, hush. When you learn all that and you, you up here with us on Facebook and all this stuff, how can you tell him about love and here you are up here watching Facebook and all this? Well, we go to the same church. Yeah, but, but we, we. But we are under grace. God loves him even though he's on Facebook. Yes. Yes, I understand that, but you know what? Wasn't you in the picture, man? But we we gathered together in the house, looking at Facebook, and now we're gonna go out and minister this man, and all we can talk about is Facebook inside the house. We get out the house, and now Jesus is what's up. Give me a five. Okay, okay, I got it, I got it. Um, hey, DJ, I need that song that I need a little more help along the way. Jesus, you know what I'm talking about? It's one of them sisters, Mary, Mary. I need a little more Jesus. That's what I need. Oh, no. That's what I need. I need a little more Jesus. That's what I need. And when I get a little more Jesus, I'm going to come back and share just a little bit more with you. A little more now, yeah. The more you know, the more That's right. The more you're going to receive, man. You keep hanging in there. Praise Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to get him on Facebook. Give me some more Jesus. I guess y'all said, where this woman come from? 
God just let me come down to heaven from heaven and spend time with you here on earth until my brother come back and get me. I, I don't know the time nor the hour, so I got to do what I got to do while I'm here. Oh, it's 8 o'clock. Okay. So, while the DJ back there getting the music, I'm going to ask y'all a question. How can we promote grace if we're not about grace when we come together? Don't get me wrong. God want us to make a joyful noise no matter where we go. He want us to live normal lives, but lives being about him. So if I'm being one way with my Christian friends, then I'm coming out the house and I'm ministering to Jennifer like I'm so holy. How is Daquan going to receive me? He's going to say, who is that? Because he's looking at me one way. You should be looked at the same all the way around. You shouldn't have to put on airs when you go out, but that ain't who you really are. This is what's happening in the body of Christ. When we know about grace, we should be living grace. We should be talking about grace. We should be promoting grace. I'll give you another example. When you go into grocery stores, do they not promote what they want to sell? How many go into grocery stores? You ain't thought about no Captain Crunch this week. All of a sudden, Captain is right there when you walk in the store. And they buy one, get one free. But guess what? It was only one man. And that man was Jesus Christ, and he paid for the rest. So once we grabbed that one, we had everything that we need. And that was because of God's grace, his unmerited, his unearned, his undeserved favor. So that means that I don't treat you differently, Daniel, because of what you've done, baby, because I know what grace done for me. So if grace saved me, grace saved you, so I don't condemn you every time you turn around. What you doing? Now, why did you do that? You've been in your word today. You've been speaking in tongues today. Have you fasted? The only thing I've seen you do is eat all day. Don't you know you got to turn down your plate? Don't you know you got to get in the Bible? What am I doing to Daniel? I'm condemning Daniel. But see, what grace does is tell you what grace did. That's what God did. This is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to promote grace to the point of we don't see people like other people see them. Give you another one. Have anybody read John 8? When there was a woman that got caught in adultery. Y'all, this is so funny. <laughs> Y'all know how we drag people to the pastors. We drag them up there. This woman having an affair. You ain't dragged her up there personally, but you put a name before her. She having an affair. She's sleeping around. So these men got this woman. She was caught in the very act. So evidently there was some peeping toms, right? There was some people, honey, that was looking at this woman having sex with this man, Manny, in order to say she was caught in the act. You are peeping tom. Evangelists, they're all in the woman's business. So they're going to put the woman before Jesus. Let's just, let's just say it. Who have you put before Jesus? Who have you threw stones at? So they put the woman before Jesus. And there was, they said, the law says, Moses with the law says, you're supposed to stone her. You know what Jesus did? He was just writing on the ground. I believe Jesus was writing foolishness. Foolishness. Nah, I believe he was writing grace. But Jesus just sat there and he was writing and then Jesus said, he who have not sinned, won't that shut us up? No, it won't. You know why it don't shut us up? Because, Monica, I think I'm better than you. You the one that's out there doing the dirty. I just lied, but you're doing the dirty. <laughs> so you need to be stoned. <laughs> That's right. If you do the dirty, you're worse than a liar. That's right. So what they did, they wanted the lady stone Raheem. They wanted her killed because she was out there getting caught in the act of adultery. But Jesus said, he who have not sinned, let him cast the first stone. Guess what the men had to do? Check this out. One of them that put her before Jesus, 
probably already had her. But they probably got mad because they couldn't have her no more. And she went somewhere else, so they wanted her to die. So guess what? They had to leave her alone. And Jesus said, woman, where are your accusers? She said, they're not here. He said, neither do I condemn you. You know why he said that? That was grace. That means this woman's already forgiven before she done it. Jesus was introducing grace on the scene. But what do we do? We know grace, right? We know grace, right, Kwana? But when somebody get caught doing the nasty, we're going to tell somebody they got caught doing the nasty. And then we're going to say, but grace saved them. So if grace saved them, why are we telling somebody what they were doing? Come on, let's just be honest. If grace saved them, why do I got to tell somebody what the woman's doing? I'm just like their accuser. I'm accusing the woman uh, manipulating. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to tell somebody so she can get caught, Jennifer. But then I'm going to use a Bible verse. But you know, he loved us so much that he proved his love. And yet while we were still sinners, he died for us. So she okay? That's what we do. We know grace, right? Everybody in this room know grace, right? Let me ask you a question. Have you been with grace? Have you been with grace long enough to know the difference? Because if we had, we will look at where we were and we were accepted. See, this is why we got to get to maturity, what we were talking about Sunday. The more you grow in grace, the more mature you get. And you ain't worrying about what this one done or that one done. What you doing, you ministering the love of God to them and telling them what Christ done. And that way, they won't have to feel so condemned and they can receive his love and they'll let go of what they're doing. Wow, what a nugget. But we keep people from accepting Christ because we bring condemnation. Can I tell you something? Ain't nobody in this room from this pulpit on back better than anybody else in this room. Because all of us have fallen short to the glory of God. But because of his love, because of his grace, he saved us. We couldn't even save ourselves. So we need to get over us. See, it's too much of us in the way. We're keeping ourselves from receiving what grace have done. Because we're still trying to fix it. We still think we're not better enough for him to accept us. We're still trying to pray harder. We're still trying to study harder. We're still trying to do it our way. And that's why the Holy Spirit can't flow. Because we're not doing it the way that he's already prepared for us. So look at that. We look at Romans 5, 8. It talks about his love. John three sixteen. Let me give you another. Ephesians 2. Look at this one. Ephesians 2, 4 through 8. But God, so rich is he in his mercy because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love which, which he loved us, even when we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses, he made us alive again in fellowship and in union with Christ. He gave us the very life of Christ himself, the same new life, with which he quickened him for it is by grace his favor and mercy which you did not deserve that you are saved delivered from judgment and made partakers of Christ's salvation look at that it was because of his mercy it was because of his great love it was all because of this y'all that we're saved it's nothing that none of us in this room could have done to save ourselves, apart to what God done through his son I'm going to stop there tonight. Actually, I got a few more scriptures, but I want y'all to meditate on those scriptures and say to yourself, God, do I really truly know your love? Have I come acquainted with your love? Because some of us, we get saved, but we don't even understand salvation. We don't understand grace. We don't understand that we were once up under a law. But guess what? We don't need a schoolmaster no more. Because when Jesus fulfilled the law, we're no longer up under the law. We're up under grace. 
And it's something that we didn't deserve, that we didn't earn. So I want to leave with you tonight. Take your mouths off people trying to save them, trying to tell them what to do to continually be saved. You can't tell them nothing else to do that hasn't already been done. Quit trying to make them live by rules and regulations. I'll give you an example. This is an example that I had to learn years ago. You know how when it comes to our children, we'll say, well, I'm going to give you this if you do that. If you don't do this, you won't get that. What does that sound like? Who? What, what we're trying to get them to do? Something. You do this, I'll give you this. If you don't do it, you don't get it. It's conditional, right? Yes, we do have rules that we go by with our children. We do have rules in this world we have to go by. We have laws, right? Y'all know if you run the stop sign, you're going to get a ticket, right? If you go over the speed limit, you're going to get a ticket. You know those laws because there are laws upon the land that we must live by. But what I'm saying is if we base what we want our children to do, our husband to do on what we want done, it's wrong. That's not love. Or it's like this, if a husband tell a wife, well, you got to do this right here to get in my pocketbook. You got to love me right to get money from me. You got to show me that you can do better before I give you anything. How do you think that wife is going to feel like she's rejected? Like, don't, don't get me wrong. Now, if you have a wife that's just throwing away money, that's doing all kind of stuff, that's different. But if you have a loving wife that's always there for you, that's always doing what needs to be done, there should not be any stipulations on what you do for him or what he, what, you know what I'm saying, vice versa. We shouldn't put stipulation on things just to, to say, this is what I'll give you if you do this. We're not going by grace, are we? Because when the Bible says a husband's supposed to love his wife, as, a, as Christ loved the church. Now, why am I bringing this up? Because when we know his love, it shouldn't be a fight in marriages with moolah, with money. It shouldn't be a dividing line. This is the wife's side. This is the husband's side. You don't cross mine, I won't cross yours. You don't ask me what I do with mine, I won't ask you what, I, what you do with yours. You got yours, you got, I got mine. We'll just pay the bills like we do and we're going about our business. No, that's not love. Love comes together. We know the love of Christ. Y'all, we won't have issues like we do in marriage. We won't have issues on these jobs like we do. We won't have all of this drama going on in the church when we know how much God loves us. We apologize before we leave out of the church. We'll go say, you know what? Forgive me. I shouldn't have talked to you that way. Some of us can say a hateful thing to somebody and go on home like we ain't said nothing. And then they ask you, what's wrong with you? Why you acting like that? You don't even realize you're hurting nobody's feelings because that's what you're used to doing. But when you know his love, love don't let you go about your business. Love stops you in your tracks. And the Holy Spirit revealed to you what the problem is. You don't hold on to grudges, y'all, when you know the love of God. You don't hold on to animosity. You don't hold on to offense. You don't hold on to unforgiveness. What you holding on to is his love so much in a way that you are easily, you're not so easily provoked. You're not so easily angered. Why? Because you know his love and you know what's behind what's going on with that person. Don't be looking at me like that. Teresa, what you looking at me like that for? You, you better look the other way. I don't know what's wrong with you. Always coming up in here looking at me like that. You got, got a problem. And still looking at me like that. Miss Mary, you need to be telling her something. Nobody didn't tell her how she don't be looking at people like that. She don't know. You better tell her. 
Now, why would I ask her to tell her? <laughs> tell me why. Why would I go to Sister Mary if I got a problem with Teresa? I need an answer, somebody. What? Get something started? What's the other reason? Don't want them to get upset with you? What's the other reason? Need somebody to agree with you? Anybody else got another one? Misery, love, misery. Anybody got another one? Anybody? Fear of approaching that person? So you're going to send little Miss Mary over there to get her feelings hurt. That's how it works. You don't care about her. So that ain't God's love, is it? Or how about this one? You just don't say nothing to nobody. You just look like a bulldog in the face every Sunday, Tuesday, and every day of the week. And you don't talk like you used to. You don't act like you used to. Your nose is so far up in the air. You just walk with your head up and like, hey. I just decided just to sit here and don't bother nobody. If I don't bother nobody, nobody won't bother me. And I'm still saved. Is that grace? Is that God's love? Can I ask you a question? And you're wondering why people don't want to hear what you got to say in the scripture. Do you know you turn people off by how you act and then you want to get up and tell them, you know, last night the Lord gave me some revelation. Why didn't he give you revelation on your hardened heart and on your unforgiveness and on your grudges? I don't understand how he can give you another word and you ain't even set. Help me, Holy Ghost, help me. Getting hot up here. How can God give you revelation, Monica, and you still don't like me? He gave you that revelation to come to me, baby. He skipped that part and gave you something you saw last night. He gave you a word, but he didn't tell you about unforgiveness. He didn't tell you if you got all against your brother, you ain't getting no revelation on that. But you got something for the church. The Bible say give and it shall be given unto you. Good measures, pressed down, shaking together, Sister Bob, running over. That's what he told me last night. He told me you need to be more of givers. And to be more givers, you can receive something. And then your husband's sitting over there in the corner, the one you talked to last night and told him everything was going on with me. And that husband's sitting over there like this. And y'all think the Holy Ghost got it. And he's just shaking all over. Because he's saying, hi, in the world, can y'all listen to that? Y'all, this is truth. I'm just being honest. This is nothing but truth. It's time to grow up in the body of Christ. If you want to be about his business, let's be about his business. But you can't if you're still stuck on you. My brother would say stuck on stupid. But I think it's stuck on us. How you get stuck on stupid anyway? Tell me, y'all. What is it? What does that mean? Somebody tell me what stuck on stupid mean. You do crazy things? Stuck on stupid. Ain't that all? Maybe I need to put a CD that says stuck on stupid. I get me some sales. Because <laughs> people be like, I got something on her now. She talking about stuck on stupid. I tell you, if you put something out there like that, they'll sell. They'll sell. Why? Because people want to gossip. They want to tell somebody what you're saying. And they're, hush, 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 hush. Listen there. Listen there. Come on, y'all. We're going to work on this, right? We're going to do it together. So when we come out of these four walls and we minister to other people, these scriptures are going to pop up and say, God, you love me better than I even love myself. So who am I to talk about my sister and my brother? Who am I to hang around people that's putting everybody else down? You didn't, when I was down, God, you lifted me up. So that's what I'm going to do with these people because all of us are brothers and sisters in Christ. That's what the love of God does. The love of God does not let you sit in the midst of a room when your brother and sister is being talked about and you sitting there not saying nothing. 
Sorry. This is what you say. Let's pray about it. <laughs> what is there to pray about? How can they pray? And they're talking about somebody. Or we just sit there and act like we ain't involved. You involved because you allowed it to come to your ear. So you need to have a scripture. The Bible says we should know how to answer. Is that what the Bible says? So we're going to stop there tonight. On those, we have four scriptures tonight. Four. Finish off Ephesians. We had five? If finish off Ephesians chapter 2, it's verses 4 through verse 8. Meditate on all four of those scriptures. And I want you to ask yourself, how does this apply to me? Amen. And we will continue next Tuesday. Do we have any announcements?